This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for guiding us by your Spirit. Would you now speak into our lives through your word? We might go through this life not by our best guess or giving it our best shot, but that we might go through life hearing from you, being guided by you, having you speak into our lives by your word, that we might be divinely guided and sustained, supported in this life. I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. Amen. I bless you. Good morning. I thought we took a little trip to the Caribbean there. That was pretty good. That was great. Reminded me that God might be Caribbean too. So there you go. Um, welcome to church. Welcome to the, the second week of our spiritual journey. For those of you who missed last week, or for those of you who are brand new to new life, we're on a spiritual journey. That just simply means that we, are, we have set aside four weeks to take a common spiritual journey together. We're reading the same passages of Scripture each day. We're accepting the same challenges. And, and we're doing that because it, it's our way of banding together to grow and develop as followers of Christ. And... Uh, so I just want to say welcome to week number two. And we have, as Justin already told you, we have memory verses each week. So you ready? We're going to say our memory verse together from this last week with me. Ready? Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Now let's say it at least twice that loud. Are you ready? Here we go. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Where is it found? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Yeah. That's a great truth. And our theme for the week was changing and I pray that God is changing you because that's what he wants to do. The old life, the way we used to live, all the, all the things that used to hassle us and that we used to hassle with, that God is changing those and supplanting those, replacing those with things um, that are good, things that are functional, things that are healthy, things that move us forward in life. And uh, so welcome to week number two. Now, before we get, actually get into week number two, I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are brand new to New Life. And I met a few of you on the way in. Hopefully, we'll meet a few more of you um, on the way out. Um, I want to say this. There's no strangers here. I, I know they hassled me about hugging Joe and all that stuff, all right? But uh, yeah, ha- just hang on. You're going to get hugged several times before you get out of here because church should never be a place where people are strangers, this is a community of faith, and uh, so we want you to consider yourself right at home. Enjoy the morning, make yourself at home, get ready to learn, get ready to meet 
Friendly people get ready to connect with God and to connect with other people. So uh, now on the inside of your program, you'll find a sheet of fill-in-the-blank notes. So if you would pull out those uh, along with the rest of us, uh, you can use the pencil on the chair where you're sitting or that's in the back of the chair in front of you. And um, you can get ready to fill out the notes along with the rest of us. Um, as we uh, learn from God's Word this morning. And uh, so the title of the message this morning is this. And that is, Faith Links Us. And the idea be- about linking is connection. Now, in-, in the review for this series, the whole series is called Integrated Faith. It's important that you understand an integrated faith that that it was God's design, it certainly is the goal of this church, that our faith would be involved in everything that we do. And so the, the title of last Sunday's message was Faith Changes Everything, and it should. And so I'm going to subject you to a little uh, very crude artwork this morning so that I can teach this to you. Maybe a little, uh, well, we'll just take a little different angle at it. This is a pie chart. Some of you are pretty familiar with pie charts. All right. So I don't bake very good pies either. So, all right, here we go. And, and typically, this is kind of what we do with life. This is how our life is divided. This is family. And this is friends. And this is work. And this is sports. For some of us, that should be about two-thirds of the pie, right? And someone comes along and says, hey, why don't you come with me to church? We come to church. We feel good. We like church. So we kind of put faith right in here. And we think, that's great. I'm becoming a whole person. And you know what's really great? I got faith right in there. I got faith as, as, as a major part of my life. And, but that, that's really not an integrated faith. That's a segmented faith. Now, what God really wants for us is something that looks more like a wagon wheel. All right? I'm not sure I'd want to drive on the one that I'm drawing here, but, uh, you know. And out here is, is where life takes place. Okay? And a wagon wheel has a hub, and then it has some spokes, right? And the spokes are family. That certainly supports life. And here's friends. And I didn't spell that right. That's all right. Here's work. Okay. Here's sports. And the way that it's supposed to work is in here is faith. So what that means is that our faith actually affects our friends and influences them. Our faith affects our family. Our faith affects our work. Our faith affects our support, our sports. Everything that takes place in life, faith is tied to and affects and determines and creates the culture in which it takes place. When you put that all together, that's our life. 
And that's why faith is supposed to change everything. It's also why when people live like this, their faith doesn't necessarily affect their family. Can you see that? Yeah, family is family, faith is faith. I go to church here, I go home with my family, and don't give me that faith stuff at home. I get enough of that at church, right? Get all faith I need when Pastor Ron hugs me. I heard that already this morning, all right? So there you go. (laughs) So, that's the deal. Faith changes everything. Now, in that context, how is faith going to get integrated into our lives? How is it really going to make a difference? Well, here's how it's going to make a difference. God has given us three very, very basic things to do in life. And it was his design that all of his people, every single person he created, would be involved in these three things because these are the things that will take faith and infuse it into all of our life and affect everything we do. And they're actually the mission statement for this church. They are connect, develop, and serve. That's what infuses faith throughout our lives. And so this morning we're going to talk about faith connecting us, which is why the title of the message is Faith What? It Links Us. Now there was a huge challenge at the very end of the message last week. And the question for 2010, and actually for the rest of our lives, is God has a design that that He wants to change His world all of his world, to redeem all of his people. The challenge for us is will we actually partner with him to do that? And this morning we're going to take a look at the first step in partnering with God to change our world, his world. And you know, some of the most profound truths, as I look at creation, I realize that one of the things that an infinitely wise God did in creating the world in which we live is he took virtually every spiritual truth that he's going to put in the Bible, he put an illustration of it or multiple illustrations of it actually in our physical world. Jesus was the master at looking at the physical world and saying, listen, the kingdom of heaven is like a guy who went out to sow seed in his field. Some of the seed fell on the path and some fell. And some of you have heard that. It's called the parable of the sower. Jesus often taught in parables. Well, this morning, I want to give you two parables. They're just illustrations out of everyday life, especially here in Sonoma County, illustrations from Sonoma County that teach divine truths. And we're going to go to to God's Word, and you'll see how these are the exact principles that God gives us in His Word. So first... We're going to go to the vineyard, okay? Plenty of vineyards in Sonoma County, right? Lots of vineyards. And Jesus addressed this point. In fact, let's go straight to the Bible first. Here's what Jesus said. I am the vine, you are the branches. Now those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I want you to say that last sentence with me. Ready? Let's read it together. For apart from me, you can do... Yeah, I wanted to make sure you said that last word, okay? Because that's what you got to know. Apart from God, we can't do anything. Now, here's, here's the first principle that we can learn in the vineyard, and that is that faith links 
Linking with God connects me to what? The source of my life. I want to ask you this question. Every year they go through and they prune the vines, correct? And once they cut off a vine, from, once they cut off a branch from the vine, what happens to that branch? It dies, doesn't it? doesn't bear any more fruit. doesn't sprout any more leaves. D- does it die immediately? Yeah, they cut it off in like two seconds, it's all brown and withered? No. No, it still looks alive. It looks just as alive as it did before. Why? Because it still has some life left in it. But you and I both know it's only a matter of time until it withers and shrivels and dies. Now what Jesus wants us to know is don't be fooled by thinking, I wandered away from God and I didn't die. I still got life in me. And Jesus wants you to know, yeah, you got life in you, but it's only a matter of time because as a branch was designed to live in connection with the vine, so your spirit and mine were designed to live in connection with God because He is the only real source of our life. Faith is what gets us connected to God. It's what allows us to come here and to worship Him. It's what allows us to pray to Him. It's what allows us to pick up the Bible and read and hear from Him. It's what enables us to believe in a God that we cannot see, although we can certainly sense His presence and although we can certainly see that we are surrounded by all kinds of evidence that He exists. Faith is what enables us to connect with God. And that's the challenge that God gives us today. That by faith, we would connect with Him. We wouldn't just come to church. We wouldn't just sing a few songs. We wouldn't just take care of this slice of our pie and then go home and say, thank God there's football on TV today. Otherwise, I would have wasted the whole day. No. Faith is what enables us to actually really connect with the source of our life. Secondly, linking with God enables me to become fruitful. It means it's going to make a difference in my life. Yesterday I stood right on this stage and, and read the memorial service of a wonderful lady who came to this church for a number of years. And as I read that memorial service and we walked away through that, I don't know why, but it was one of those moments where God reminded me, Ron, someday someone else is going to stand up here and they're going to start reading about your life. It's only a matter of time. That's going to happen. Now what's going to happen between now and then? And by the way, what are those people going to say? There was one funny dude. Eh, I'm not all that funny, but it's nice to be funny once in a while. Or, that guy could really build some nice furniture. I like to build nice furniture. That guy could play golf. Well, sometimes. 
I got to tell you, I like to play golf. I like to build furniture. I like to tell jokes. I like to laugh. I like to be with people. I like to take uh, beautiful photographs of scenery. There's many things I like to do in life. But I got to tell you, at the end of my life, if they stand on this stage and that's all they can say, that my life was about me. I want them to say more than that. That's for sure. I want my life to bear some fruit. Lots of fruit. And you know something? Every single person in this room, deep down in your heart and your spirit somewhere, that's what you want to for your life. I know it is. You're a human being. You were created in God's image. And when God created you, he put that down in your spirit and you may deny it, you may try to cover it up, you may try to laugh your way and entertain your way through life, but at, eventually as you work your way through life, at some point you want to know, my life made a difference. Now you know what Jesus said? If you want to bear fruit, well then you don't hack off the branch, put the branch up here in a vase and say, bloom and give me some grapes. Because that's just not going to happen. It's only going to happen if the branch stays connected to the vine. So how do we do that? Well, in the church, we're going to give you, we're going to give you a couple of tools. And, and uh, so I want to walk you through uh, those tools. Because this is where it gets really, really practical. And uh, so here's the very first tool. Okay, uh, You got on the way in, you got a spiritual journey thing. Okay, I want you to take it out right now. I want to walk you through it briefly um, before we move on to the second parable. Okay, and uh, so you can see that the theme for this week is connecting. There's no mystery there, right? Because faith links us. You can see um, that the memory verse, Justin already gave it to you. You ready? Say it with me. Draw near to God and He will draw near to us. Golly, you're already well on your journey, all right? Now, there are three challenges this week, and the first is to become a Christian. You know what that does? That takes a branch that's been separated from the vine, and the first step to connecting with God is actually linking up with Him through salvation. It doesn't just automatically happen by hanging around church. It doesn't automatically happen because you read a few verses. And by the way, it doesn't just automatically happen because somewhere in the back of your childhood and in the back of your life, your parents made a decision for you, took you to some church, had you baptized or confirmed or whatever it happened to have been in that church, that doesn't just automatically make you a Christian. It doesn't automatically get you connected to the vine. It probably gave you a good foundation. But at some point, you have to make that decision for yourself and you have to say, today and for the rest of my life, I have decided to link up with God to get connected with Him and today is the day that I become a Christian. So here's the deal. We have that, that's challenge number one. If you want to accept that challenge, and I would encourage you to accept that challenge today, if you haven't done it, then you take your communication card and there's a box on there to check about becoming a Christian. And I know several people checked that box last week and it's on there again this week. And so I want to encourage you a little while later as I pray at the end of the message, or you could pick it up and check it right now. But that's challenge number one. Challenge number two is to enroll in entry point. 
Challenge number one, becoming a Christian links you up with God. Entry point is a, it's an hour and a half long class coupled with the dinner. The whole thing takes about two hours. Uh, we have one coming up on January the 24th. And it's the first step in getting you connected with this community of faith. It's where we learn the basics of Christianity. It's where we learn the basics of, how it, of what it takes to get connected with this community of believers. And I'll tell you in just a few minutes why that's so very, very important. So that's challenge number two. I don't care how long you've been coming to New Life, whether this is your first time, go home, think about it, pray about it. By the way, if you've been coming to New Life for a while and you haven't gone to Entry Point, I want you to pick up your communication card and down in the comments section, write Entry Point and we will give you a special personal invitation to come. All right? So that's, that's challenge number two. And then challenge number three is for you to keep a daily appointment with God through the end of February. Now, I readily recognize that our spiritual journey only runs through the end of January, but the reason we want you to keep a daily appointment with God through the end of February is because you need to have a daily appointment with God for the rest of your life, okay? How many days out of a week does a branch need nourishment from the vine? What do you think? I'm guessing seven, right? That's how it works, And that's how many days out of the week you and I need to draw our life from God. And so we're giving you five daily scripture readings for you to read through and process through and so forth. But we actually want you, we're figuring that if you'll do this through January, do it through February, hopefully by that time it'll become a permanent part of your life. Now, if at the end of the spiritual journey you don't know what to read next, okay, then you check on your card what's next because I don't know how to keep a daily appointment with God and we'll give you some more tools that will walk you through that. So that, that's, that's what's on there, the daily scripture readings and so forth. And so that's the challenge for you and for me. Those three challenges are our challenges this week to help us get linked up and connected with God so that we are a branch that lives in the vine and stays in the vine and draws its life and its nourishment from the vine. Jesus one time said this, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In your Bible, you have the words of God. They are food for your soul. And so that's why it's important for you every day to pick up God's word and say, God, feed my soul. Feed my spirit. Speak into my life by your word. And a really good thing to do before you begin each of those daily readings is to take a moment, bow your head and pray and say that prayer I just said to you. And that is, Lord, before I read your word, I want to pause and ask you, speak into my life as I read from your word today so that it might become food for my soul and nourishment for my spirit. So that's the first parable, the parable of the vine. How did it end? Apart from me, you can do how much? Nothing. So faith links us with God. Now, parable number two also is here in Sonoma County. Okay? And for this parable, we can uh, drive up to Guerneville and go to the Armstrong Redwoods. 
Okay? It's the parable of the redwood grove. Now, redwood trees are known, first of all, for their size. They get over 300 feet tall. They get sometimes even greater than 50 feet in circumference. They are huge. And if you're, you know, I grew up in the Midwest where a big tree, you know, a big tree was like 70 feet tall and it was three or four feet through in its trunk, right? That's a big tree. And, and, and then we came out and saw the redwoods and now that's a big tree. Kind of reminds me, who was the guy? Now that's a knife, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, there you go. That's a tree right there. Just hum- tremendous size, but not just their size they're famous for, their beauty. They have a grandeur about them. They're often photographed, beautiful trees, and they create a tranquility. Don't you like to go to a redwood grove? Have you ever noticed how quiet and peaceful it is in a redwood grove? Yeah. And the wood is beautiful. The wood is very straight-grained. It's very easy to work with. doesn't tend to warp. It's moisture-resistant. It's resistant to insects. Redwood trees are known for a number of things, but perhaps of all the things that they are known for, they are best known for their longevity. Oak trees last 50 to 100 years, and then they start falling over, and and their roots rot, and they, they just fall. We, we got a lot of those around here doing that. But a redwood tree, not a hundred years, not two hundred years, or three or four or five or six or seven, they live a thousand years, sometimes twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred years, and in rare cases beyond that. Wow. It's the secret to that. There's a real lesson in there for us. Now, yes, they're fire retardant, and that helps. They don't get burned up when forest fires come by. And yes, they're resistant to insects, so they don't get the common diseases that kind of take other trees down. But there's a very interesting fact about redwood trees. A 300-foot-tall redwood tree, okay? Think about this for a minute. 30 stories high. You put it beside a 30-story building And if you were to perch in the top of the redwood tree, you would look down on a 30-story building. 30 stories high. Do you know how deep the foundation of a 300-foot redwood tree is? Are you ready for this? There are men in our audience today who are taller than the deepest root in a 300-foot-tall redwood tree. Typically four to six feet deep. That's all they go. In fact, most trees, the mass of the tree in its root system underneath the ground is a very significant percentage of its mass above ground. And in some trees, it's actually, they're actually equal. And in most trees, they're pretty close to equal. A redwood tree, its root system underground is usually less than 10% of its mass above ground. How does it last so long then? How does it not topple over? The answer is found in those roots that though they only grow four to six feet deep in the earth, it's where they grow and it's what they look for. 
See, normally when trees grow their roots down, the tree is thinking about only one thing. It's thinking about water and nutrients. But a redwood tree recognizes that if it's going to grow 300 feet tall, it cannot stand by itself. Leverage is too much against it. So it sends its roots out and it's looking for other redwood trees that it can interlock its roots with so that this redwood tree is tied to this one and this one and that one and this one and the roots go out sometimes 150 feet and link with other redwood trees so that often you cannot take one redwood tree down. It's linked to all the others. Now there's a real lesson in that about life. Take a look at what Solomon said here in Ecclesiastes. Two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. I think that's my wife's favorite verse in the Bible right there. (laughs) But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and they can conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Wow. So when faith links us, faith not only links us to God, faith also links us to God's people. Faith links us to a community of faith. Now, I want to say this. Here's a couple of lessons. Number one, take a look at the first lesson. Oh, thank you. We have three passages of Scripture. Thanks for the reminder. Here we go. Jesus, the first is the principle. You got it out of Ecclesiastes. Fast forward to Jesus' life, and he refers back to that, and he prays a prayer. Look, I'm not praying only for these disciples, but all who will ever believe in me through their message, I pray that they will all be what? Are you sure? They will all be what? One, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. So the principle in the Old Testament, the prayer of Jesus. Now fast forward just a few years, actually, in this case, just a few days, and you'll see a church, a community of faith who got this. Here's how they lived it out. All the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while enjoying, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord, had, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, we said a while ago, how do we change the world? How does God change the world through us? Well, you can see there, God was changing their whole community. And and He was changing it dynamically. As far as I know, God's never given up on that vision for His church. 
that there may be and will be times of extraordinary need when you and I will be called upon to make extraordinary sacrifices for the benefit of those around us and for the benefit of God's kingdom. And, and you guys know, if you've been around this church any length of time, that there have been times when we have done exactly that. We've done that for people in need. We've done that to move the church forward. We've done that a couple of times in, in moving into this building where we sold things that we owned and we brought the money and said, this, this belongs to God. He needs it in His kingdom. I'm A-OK with that. And many of us are still doing that. We meet together in one place. And also, they share their meals with great joy and generosity in their homes. And we do that quite often. And, and they even took communion in their homes. And we meet in homes for life groups. And you just start looking at the similarities. The idea is, you know, what really powers new life is not creative ideas by its leadership. It's just going back to the Bible and saying, how did God design this thing to work? This is how he designed it to work. And we get on board with that. So faith links us to a community of believers. Now let's look at a couple of principles that come out of those. Number one, linking with other Christians increases our stability. I can tell you this, when you get your roots, your spiritual roots, your life linked with other people, you will become a more stable and strong person. That's just how it works. Life is best meant to be lived as a common experience with other people. And when you stand alone, you'll always be weaker than when you stand together. That's just the way life works. And then secondly, linking with others creates a culture that promotes growth and functionality. I don't know about you, but that video piqued my interest about marriage. Okay? I know that the people who come here on Wednesday night, there's going to be a a culture created here that's going to promote healthy marriages, promote healthy families. It's going to promote development, and it's going to promote functionality. And it's not just true of this particular life group. It's life groups all all over the church. And that's the tool. That, that is the tool that God has given to this church for connecting. Now, next week in, in, the, in the sermon about development, I'm going to take that principle and break it out. And we're going to look at a, at a whole series of ways in which life groups help us develop and grow as Christians. But for now, I want you to understand that, li- that before you can develop in a life group, you've got to connect. And this is about connecting. So... If you want information, there's also a place on your communication card for you to check. I want information about life groups. And so I want to encourage you to do that. You can stop by in the lobby. I know we got some other stuff coming, so I'll let Bob talk to you about that. But I want you to hear it from me that uh, life groups is the, is the second way. Connecting with God, that's, that's through coming to church and then connecting through, uh, to a community of faith through a life group. As we close... I want to give you one more principle. The principle is this. Here's the picture. You and I are connected with God. So I'm standing here. I reach up. I take God by the hand. And I say, God, walk with me through life. Friends, that's a very secure picture. If you were here a few weeks ago, I talked about reaching up and taking my father's hand. Usually when I was a small child, I took his index finger. 
And I felt safe and secure, reaching up and taking God's hand. But as I walk through life, you know what I encounter? I encounter people whose hands are not linked with God's. And you know something? The greatest thing that I can do for them is to reach out, take their hand, pull it up, and put it in God's. It's linking them with the source of their life. If we could see the people of our world as branches who have been severed from the vine and just laying out there in the dirt, and every day that goes by, they're bound by things that are destroying their life. They're trying to convince themselves they're really alive. They're trying to laugh and entertain their way through life. And they think, if I could just buy the next thing or just go to the next concert, or if I could just, whatever it is, you know, get to the next level of my sport or, or whatever, somehow I'll feel really good and I'll feel more alive. And they don't realize that the life is waiting for them in the vine, not out there laying on the ground. If we could pick them up, put them into the vine, link them to God. I want to close by reading this to you. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, take a look at this. You can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from what? From what? Death. Yeah. Save them from death. Why? Because you got them back in the vine will save them from death and bring about what? The forgiveness of many sins. Does that sound like something you want to do with your life? I want to spend my life picking up branches and getting them back in the vine. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for simple but profound truths. Lord, would you make us, would you make this community of faith a community of faith that goes out and finds those branches and just gets them back and plugged into the vine so that they can begin to draw their life and their nourishment and their strength from you. And they can become fruitful. And life will be a great experience. Even in the midst of trials, they will become fruitful. Lord, would you do that through each of us? And Lord, for those of us that need to get plugged into the vine ourselves, would you receive us this morning? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.